Hey there. Yeah, you. Sitting over there in the corner, staring at your kook. Has COVID got you down? Everything's got me down. Well, why don't you just step on in, plug in, and take a seat? Because we're about to give you... Some ass-kicking fun! Sorry about that. I get a little excited. I meant for that to sound more exciting, but you get the it's, gist. It's podcast day, and we love podcast day. And we get to record today with no kids and no yeah. noise. And this is Ashley's... I want to make a big announcement. We got the audio stuff fixed. I'm it is so 100% happy. fixed now, guys. Look at that. We're all in the same volume. Nobody's loud. And today and from here on out, Ashley's in the uh, sound uh, engineering chair now. It's actually a lot of fun. I moved over here to the right so we can look up stuff on the internet. He when can we're now going along. take the seat of a more comfortable spot and yes. I'll do the work. See, that way I can stay busy doing this shit and I don't fuck with something over there and cut the podcast. Because I've been known to do that. I mean, sorry that I do that. Only thing we got to hope is that my two pussy ass dogs aren't going to start crying. Oh, God. But I think Titty can't be trusted to be in here. He's chewing everything up. That fuck. Yeah, I know. We'll be like. Oh, yeah. I would kill. Not kill. Imagine right in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, we're sitting there. and. So, anyways. How y'all doing? Few announcements. We, uh, as you know, we're poor as shit, so. Yeah, so, uh, I had to sell one of my kids. No, 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 but we finally did some new photography. Did y'all like it? I hope everybody loved it. Y'all should email us your answers. If you're listening to this, my people from other countries, we made a Facebook page. Yes, yes. We would love if you would go follow it, because I know a lot more people are on Facebook versus Instagram. We're already up to, like, almost 100 likes. Exactly. And we're only on day two of it being alive, so. We really appreciate that, but in yeah, Australia, want to give you a shout out, you guys. Woo! In Austria, oh yes, you have now join the club. Yes, the awesome, cool. Oh, and there's club. another one. Uh, god dang it! There's another god one now. Damn it, <laughs> there's Steven. another one up around that area, and I can't remember now. Well, got a lot Poland, of new stuff going. Poland, Poland, Poland. Um, I've also got some stickers coming. Yes. That being said, um. We have a really good barbecue place here in town, Natty Flat Smokehouse. Oh, it's very yummy. We it love so it. It is so good. Went in there for lunch today, and somebody asked me about the podcast and immediately started following, so I want to give her a shout-out. Sarah yeah, yeah. Natty Flats, you got a sticker coming, babe. Thanks for the support. Yeah. Tell all your friends about the Trashy, trashy, the trashy <laughs> Podcast. Tell us about the Trashy <laughs> Podcast. It's we like trashy but fancier. Here. We talk like drunken Irishmen. We really go through many different accents throughout the podcast. You never know what I fucking mean. Yeah, bada bing, baby. That's the only news I have, but we did work really hard yes. on that, and I think the pictures turned out great. And I got some other great news. I've been putting stuff on Patreon, but it's going to take me a while because I have to put all our audio stuff into an MP3 to stick it on the Patreon platform. So that's taken me a bit, so just but bear we with are me. video recording right now. Yes, and I'm going to try to get this on yeah. Patreon, too. To put it on Patreon, so if some of you, especially the people that are out of state that don't know us or out of country, if you really want to. Oh, God, yeah, really get to know it's us. It's one thing to see a picture, but to see our ugly mugs in a video. It's great. We love you. Maybe. It is recording, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. It better be. If not, I'm going to. Oh, wait, it's not, because you're looking down. 
I'm not gonna fuck with it. It's fine. We did we did a clip before we started. Yeah, because I'm afraid to. That hit. counts as one. I'm afraid to hit anything. I'm still trying to work out the tweaks and the meeks. So. Yeah, but in general, starting out being God <laughs> knowing dang, nothing, know. I'm pretty proud of us. It's oh man, you should have you should have seen me Friday night when I got that email on how to fix all my audio stuff. I was like. Woo. I was running around the house like Ric Flair. Which shout out to Transistor for oh, being God, so yes. responsive so quickly. Oh, God, I sent the email. Well, I got off work Friday, and about 6, I sent it. And by 10 o'clock, I had the answer, and it was so simple. And I was like, you Yeah, and us technically challenge folks really appreciate that. And then I just started singing, Why you want to break my balls? <laughs> they got busted hard. But then I fixed wow. them. Yeah, so it's just it's taking us a bit, but hey, we're getting there. And I think on uh, Podbean, I stuck an uh, uh, episode or two on there. Oh, and iHeart, we're still getting good, decent listeners for iHeart, and that's even shocking. I didn't, you know. And I think today we're going to jump right into everything because we have a lot to talk about. Before, but be- before we say that, we realize that Today we're recording 12, so next episode will be episode 13, and you know we're not just funny and we're not just about true crime, but we're also about paranormal shit. Yeah. He does a paranormal podcast with uh, his daughter, Lexi, Ghost Stories Told from the South. You're going to have to look in there. Yeah, I know. Just go ahead. And, uh, (laughs) hold on, I lost it. So today we're going to finish up some more mafia stuff. I don't know who he's going to cover next. I'm still going to go with it, but I am going to finish out... The John Dillinger story today, and he's going to finish out Cowboy Mafia. Muscles. So 13 is still going to be an episode. Sorry about that. It's still going to be listed as episode 13, but it's going to be a special. Yeah. So not sure what we're going to do. Maybe we might that would be cool if it's Friday the 13th on a Friday. I love see on that Patreon, we can get on there and do live brought like we can be like, hey, we're right now doing a live broadcast. Come join us. Hell yeah. So yeah, get that figured out. We can do live on our specials. Could you imagine like we'll be actually going live? I just think it's awesome. Y'all really want to hear what we got to say because we're oh, just. Oh, I guess since we have a Facebook now, we could always do oh, yeah. Facebook Live too. And I'm glad y'all love them pictures on Facebook. They was very awesome. You don't understand how fucking hot it was. Oh my god! And if you notice, like he wore a heavy, very nice, um, like suit was, top, yeah. and I had a goddamn fur coat on. Like we suffered for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Still do. <laughs> and my death He just off. punched the mic because he's so fucking passionate. Yeah, I'm so passionate. I was just, man. He's my, like, this is for y'all. My death's off. I was like, hey, yeah. Well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a cigarette, you <laughs> see. Right. Yeah. So, what you got, Balmy? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. The nose me there. <laughs> Oh, God, look at this guy. Oh, yeah, and... I just cheated on my wife. Also, also shout out to Joe Rogan, because that's where Steven got the Google idea, so... Yeah. Now he's a one-man Google idea, so thank you. You give us regular people a dream that we think may actually come true. Like, you look good, you're talented, you're up there, but... You still give the rest of us hope. Like, you're still a cool, decent human. Yeah, being, he's you know cool, I mean? man. But, yeah, it's like he just always says, plug away. But uh, today we got some. We're re- going to go into. Some uh, funny news. Bam. Well, there's a mother in Seattle. 
man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, my eyes went. <laughs> a mother in Seattle warns her son to watch out for stupid people, watch out for idiots, and she backs into his fucking motorcycle. Oh, I would be very <laughs> upset. <laughs> that son, would watch out for the fucking idiots. Have a good day. Bam. <laughs> And motorcycle people are very serious. And she probably didn't even notice she hit it. I bet you she hit it and drove off. Probably. <laughs> I don't think I've ever hit a vehicle, but one morning, whenever I was late for work, I did take the trash can out hard as fuck. <laughs> I was nice. I picked it back up, and thank God I don't think anybody else saw it. Knocked the shit out of it. It scared me, too. I hit it, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> what if it had been a bum? I was like, hmm? <laughs> what if it would have been a bum? Thanks for the ride, lady. Yeah. Thanks for the fuck show. Jack, Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because that's your glory hole trash can. Shut up. Dude, I found I the you. episode with that, and I put some great love music in when you're talking about that. It's called, well, be looking for this one. I don't know if I'm going to put it on uh, Spotify or anything. I, I think might that we should hold put that the really back, dirty and I'm going to put Patreon. that on Patreon. Yeah. Because it's talking about the trash incident, and I found some great, like, Love music while you're talking about it. So, yeah, be Because I feel like right now that. we're a good mix where people who aren't even really like that vulgar like to listen. Yeah. So, I think we should save the really dirty stuff. Dirty shit stuff. Patreon. Yes. That, that was good. Fun. Y'all will love it. <laughs> All righty. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I got to let the dog go. Hold on. Wait a minute. Before they have a puppy. Mommy. Mommy. All three of them. It's a wonder uh, Reed ain't scratching at the door. No, he will be bear. in a minute. Find somewhere to sit down, Bear. Come on, Bear. You're too big for Lay this down. shit. Sorry, I just yelled into the mic. <clears throat> My dogs are huge pussies. Oh, Reed is at, Reed's in here. Now, uh, now he's mad <laughs> that Reed all the dogs is, are in here. He's like, damn it, it was just us. Okay, continue. Okay, that's um, a student was excited was excited when she found out that her dog that her dad got a hand job. Ew. Yeah, it was like, a fuck. It was a dad. fuck. Up, it was a fuck up in the paper. Oh. And the girls, she. <laughs> they meant to say, you know, student is excited about dad getting head job. Oh, and they, they put, put hand job. Yeah. Can you imagine being the kid that that happened to? Uh, you would never live that down. Because her face is on. She's like, yeah. Hell no. Hell to the no. And uh, I've seen this, too. This is real. Cows lose their jobs after milk prices <laughs> drop, guys. Come on, man. What do they do with them? I don't know. What are they going to do for a job? No, sir. I guess they could always... Uh, we're go get a job for Chick Fil A as models. Oh yeah, yeah. Need Only the chicken. black and white ones though. Jesco Brown. It'd have to be dairy cows. Well, we we was excited about no kids. We forgot we got dogs. Yeah, the dogs still count. We've got a puppy, and all the other dogs are older, and of course nobody like, likes Leave me the alone. Fella. Well, I would hate to be this doctor. Said mi- his miracle cure has killed the fifth patient. No, <laughs> yeah, I think something's wrong, but I'm almost there. I'm so close. 
Sorry, Reed. Jesus. Anyways. Sorry, I'm trying to make eye contact <laughs> with the dog. Joe! Stop it! Right here it says, uh, <laughs> breathing oxygen linked to staying alive longer. Are you fucking kidding me? These are real headlines. And I'm you know what's lying. crazy is this is like some of the shit I feel like I would see some people share on my Facebook. Yeah, there's, like, Can you there's, believe this? there's experiments like this fifth one and shit the government pays for. I mean, come on. Think of some of the studies they do when they come out with, you know, whose french fries taste the best or shit like that. Mm. The government pays for it. Stupid. They should just pay me. I can freaking eat french fries right. and get fat. I do that for free. Yeah, the quarantine 15 has hit me fucking hard. Right in the dick, dick. Well, I'm done with the retard news. I hate the R word. The weird oh, news? Yes, the weird <laughs> news. I oh. shouldn't say that in today's society. I'm sorry if I made anybody upset. Didn't mean to say oh, that's that. that's so sweet of you to apologize. Reed. It's okay. God Reed's damn, I swear, all these dogs are in a pissed off mood. Yeah, and it's it's like they could feel that we were excited that we had no kids. And they're no like, hey, guys. And they're like, hey, they all got together and was like, you want to go fuck it up? Let's fuck it up. <laughs> Assholes. Oh, shit. Well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and finish mine. You finish up. This is the end yeah, of I'm, I'm kinda, the third episode kinda, of Cowboy Mafia. I'm kind of burnt out. It happens. It's all right. Burn out on these fellers. Because that's real. Oh, and I didn't know this either till we get in the story. But you, I don't know. You won't remember. But people that are my age and older. Remember the Marlboro Man? Oh, yeah. In the 80s? The model? Well, he was part of the Cowboy Mafia. What? Yeah. He just got even cooler. Yeah. So now that makes me wonder if that Good ranch house. Good job, Marble. House, you knew what you were doing. If that ranch house was the Marlboro Man's or something. That's the only thing that keeps me interested is I'm trying to link, but it don't really say. There's so many players in the game that yeah, had. Because they true. was making a fuck ton of money. A shit ton of money. So they was blowing it on, you know, mansions and hookers. Excuse me. <laughs> I almost read your uh, deep thoughts for today. That would have been barely interesting. Okay. In 1976, Muscles visited the old friend from his uh, rodeo days, Willis Butler. He was driving a milk truck at the time and not making much money at all. So he was uh, suspicious when uh, Muscles showed up to see him, and he ain't seen him, you know, since the rodeo days. He, they kind of called each other every now and then, but that was it. He was kind of shocked when uh, he seen him with a traveler's check for $15,000 from a bank in Denton that was written out, you know, that, well, it was a Denton. bank in Denton that Rex owned, yeah. See, that's what leads me to believe, too. He had to know something. I mean, mm, yeah. come on. I mean, back then, I mean, yeah, you had to get that okay through people. Yeah, I mean, it that wasn't just, just a... Yeah. He said he was going down into Columbia, to Columbia to make his dope deal. And uh, that's when he got... He says he got into the smuggling business for the adventure. This is muscles. Because that's what they thought was weird. He didn't smoke weed or anything. But he was real good at 
Breaking the law, smuggling the shit law, in. Breaking the law. You know, he was good at horses and smuggling drugs. Fun stuff. Oh gosh. And then I mean, two, I'm just saying it was probably. Oh god, fun. I bet you it was. <laughs> it was probably. A good could time. you imagine putting all this together? I mean, no, damn. hell no. You I'm know, that's fucking all over the. That's place. the only thing really that just draws me to this shit is. The organization they had to pull this shit together. Well, man. And the difference between me and Steven is he has the potential that he could have been one of those guys, but yeah. I'm telling you, I wasn't meant. I, I was. I would have been <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, and that's it. Like, and Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface <laughs> just slowly disintegrating from doing coke and watching everybody else do everything. Yeah, I have the brains, just not the organization. Steven has to keep me in check half the oh, time, especially yeah. now that I'm laid off. I'll be like, man, this has been a great Monday, and he's like, it's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, over here, UFO, <laughs> alien. Yeah, that's he thought that was weird, you know, to, for him to have that kind of money because in the rodeo days, you know, he's a rodeo cowboy. He didn't have much money. Yeah, because it's the opposite. Now they make a lot of money, but yeah, back then they were didn't the make they were shit. If you didn't sport. place in the top three or top five back then, you might as well not even rodeo. Well, then uh, after that, two months later in February of 1997, Muscles was back in Texas and called up Willis and told him he needed a driver and had some uh, errands for him to run in the Beaumont area. Willis said, hell yeah. I think he offered him $50,000. Damn. Yeah. I can see where it would be hard to turn that down. Oh, God. I mean, just making five stops, making $50,000 or doing a while right here. And then when he said he would work for him, Muscles put him in a Sabine Pass with a pair of binoculars and told him to watch for the monkey. And when that boat comes in, contact the crew when it comes and to view and they'll, you know, do their exchange and all that. Well, uh, the shipment got delayed, and Muscles forgot to get back to Willis and tell him. So when he went to check on Willis, Willis was still Willis. there in his car asleep. Oh, shit. Yeah. So after that, him and Muscles rotated. Well, then Muscles went out there, and he was waiting. Uh, yeah, it was his turn, and the boat came in. There, I think their first shipment, yeah, showed up with a load of 30... Tons of weed, man. Thirty tons. That's a Sounds lot of like weed. Sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> yeah. When I heard that, I was like, <laughs> "Your soul came out of your body a little bit." Ooh, I got so involved in that singing, I got a head rush. Hmm. Anyways, he found the monkey, or the monkey came in, dropped their stuff off, or did the exchange. Okay, yeah. Okay, I got way ahead of myself. Okay. Willis and them rotated. It came in 30 tons, yada, 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 yada. Okay, and he cleaned out uh, uh, one of the ranches that Rex owned in Fort Worth so he could smuggle the drugs and use the ranch as a dispersory, basically. That's where they, they would get the stuff in from the coast, drive up here in horse trailers and stuff, Drop it off at its ranch. Then they would div- di- uh, divide it up and start distributing it. And Willis, he drove the weed to the ranch. That was his job. Carlos, 
his uh, buddy, you know, from Florida, from St. Petersburg, he handled the books and was in charge of all the uh, distributing and stuff. The books is probably a hard job. I don't think I could do that either. And see, that's what gets criminals, but I understand why they have it, because if I was messing with that much money, I would want to Oh, you would have to try to keep track of it somehow. Somehow. I mean, I understand why they do it, but that's what always gets them. And Carlos and Jimmy Ray were uh, all sent. Uh, they all spent the night one night at Muscles' place at Rex's guest house. That's where Russell's lived. Well, oh yeah, and the Marlboro Man was with them too. They uh, lasted about three years, because that's kind of like after their first deal, they went to Rex's house and celebrated. Oh, and I forgot too. Uh, that's when some of these guys were, like, asking Rex if there's some property around Texas, and they started buying up property around Texas. That's why I'm like, You wonder how much of it was theirs? Yeah, and I wonder. I'm still trying to want to tie that. I will see how I can. That house is tied. It's you know got to be, mean? dude. It's got to be. Every time I find out, I get closer with something. Because this guy was asking when they first made their dope deal. Because they got to spend their money. I mean, they can distribute it, I mean, clean it through your company, but you're going to do so much of that. So he was buying chunks of property in Texas, and I'm thinking, fuck. See, every time I get closer. I love Texas. Closer. But anyways, uh, yeah. They lasted for about three years, and it took about nine days to get to Columbia. And shit, that's a lot of trips. That's just to Columbia, and that's not counting coming back. So that's 18 hours. Oh, wait, no. Did I say, yeah, that's 18 days. That's ridiculous. On a boat. So you're gone for almost two months. Fuck that. All for 30 tons of weed, but the payoff's like money, 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 money. I I love you. (laughs) It's the truth. And then Muscles, he ran off. Uh, oh, yeah, last about three years. Olivia. But they was making that trip pretty much every time they'd bring a load in, they was pretty much going back. So they was bringing in 30 tons or more every fucking trip. So you figure within a year's time, man, he was fucking hauling some weed. That's really impressive as well. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, Muscles fled to Bol- uh, Bolivian, and he uh, he got brought back to America. His bond was set for a million dollars. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot for them. But uh, he got off of the whole thing. When they brought him back and he got back to Dallas, somehow he made him uh, think he wasn't insane enough to uh, stay trial. To do trial or whatever. What do they call that? Oh. I want to guess say plead insanity yeah, or something like that. You plead Basically, insanity. You're not able to withstand yeah. trial. Like your brain can't. Yeah, because it was just so say that he was the brains behind the operation. No one really knew for sure. but hey, that yeah, Somehow he got off and I just don't see how that motherfucker masterminded yeah, everything. Yeah, but. 
money also helps too. Yeah, but that guy Rex had more money than him. That's true. And more pull. That's true. A lot more. I didn't know, but Rex was a first. I guess it's who likes you too. Yeah. Maybe I they mean, like that guy more. I guess. But it was crazy because he walked out at the end of the trial. I was reading, and uh, he really played the dumb role because when he got up and they read it, he said, "You got anything to say?" When they said not guilty, he said, "Yeah, can I go over there and give my sister a hug and a kiss?" And he said. Come here, son. Do you not understand what this means? Uh-uh. You're a free man. You can Oh, go. like he literally, he thought he was still. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of sad. And he said, go. And supposedly, when he got into the car of whoever picked him up, he just kind of sat back and grinned when they said, how in the fuck did you get out of that? Well, I don't know. Yeah. But basically. Could be used, that he's a yeah. little. Well, that's what they said. He just got mixed up with the wrong people. It was kind of not there in the head, but that motherfucker was organized. There's so much stuff I read about him. There's something like one one place started getting watched. So within two days, he found another place for them to unload hidden, even better. That's really smart, though, because that's where you, people usually get popped. Yeah. So to keep an eye on it and catch up that early. Yeah. He because was, they have to monitor you for so many days. Oh, God, so. yeah. Oh, read. Come on. I know you don't So many kids, so many animals. I know. But we love them. Yeah, you little shit asses. All right there, Mrs. Dillinger. <laughs> hey. I'm very excited because it's <laughs> he was whole, really handsome. This whole podcast has been nice and smooth. We've both been because nobody's allowed. It's like Lexi said, it's not Hi, welcome to And the other person's yeah, for like real. Hey, we apologize for that, but we're yes. really excited that we got it going now. And, and thank you guys for uh, holding on. Yeah. I hope you all enjoy the music that we put in there. And I'm definitely letting everybody know whenever I upload these that these are the ones that are 100% fixed. We are going to eventually try to go back and re-upload all of them, but we'll not take it personally if you just start listening to the newer ones because it sounds better. Yeah, we won't give them Because I went back and listened, and it is really hard to hear me most of the time, and then whenever we switched it, it was yeah, the other it was, way around. Yeah, it just was pissing me off, but oh no, I knew there was some way to stick all my files in one And deal. we did it. Yes. Come on, baby, do the conga. Come on, baby, baby, do the conga. <laughs> say that three times fast. I can't. I, I can't even say it once. You better say it right. Fucking Come on, now. baby, do the conga. Three times fast. Come on, baby, do the conga. <laughs> Come on, baby, do the conga. Come on, baby, do the conga. My bad. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> As you know, uh, we want to cover like all kinds of shit on here, but we hopped on the mob stuff first because, in general, whether it's well, um, you know, it's like uh, Bill Clinton says. <laughs> yeah, ladies, how you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I know you ladies saw that picture of him. He looked mighty sexy in his outfit. Y'all like that? I was, I've been tanning and, and working real, out on my legs. That I hope y'all. That's 100% real. hope y'all noticed my definition in my big calf muscles. <laughs> yes. I got to post a picture of you in your chicken leg socks. Oh, God, <laughs> I love them socks. But yeah, no. So in general, like see, we if watch, it would have been cold, I could have worn my chicken socks. But it was too hot. Oh, oh we're totally going to do an October photo shoot. Oh yes, thank yeah. you, Lord. Um, but no, we we both watch all the mob movies. Oh God, and they we're big recently fans. they recently put 
and it was funny because right around the time we started covering this shit, Netflix put Lawless and Public Enemies on Netflix. That sounded really stupid, but you know what I'm talking about. Fucking assholes. So Public Enemies is what started the Dillinger thing. Um, I got it all wrapped up in today's episode. It's going to be kind of long. I'm going to start in a minute, and then we'll do oh, our— You'll start when we say. We'll do our— Special episode 13, and then we'll let you guys know what we decide to cover next. If the movie Lawless was also based on a true story, which it might have been, I would like to cover it as well. But it was about bootleggers. They did not do anything else but bootlegging. They were not like Dixie Mafia, like murder for hire shit. But, again, I don't know if that was for Hollywood or whatever. So. Oh, I wanted to show you something really quick. I wish y'all could see these started. pictures of the laptop. I'm looking at them right now, and honestly, but remember he's the when most I told you that a handsome gangster I've ever seen? We was doing the oh, I don't care the Hollywood story. I want to show you that chick real quick. I think that when you was younger, if you could have curled your hair, that you would have looked just like her. Oh. Oh, give me a minute. I was supposed to talk so fast. Give me my good hand. Oh, are you talking about the one that you and Lex were researching? Yes. She looks like you. That's weird. Look. Especially whenever I was like 120 pounds. Yes. I'll find a better picture of her. No, I mean, I can see it. Yeah. We were related. Ooh, that would be awesome. (sighs) Would explain a lot. Yes. That's the same page. Well, you keep reading, and then when I say, hey, hey, I found her. Because there's one that's where she's beautiful. And then we'll go back to sexy John Dillinger. I'm For real. I'm sorry if my boyfriend's listening to this, but he was a super, like, even though he was a criminal, he always looked, like, super clean, but not over-the-top flashy. Just enough where it was like, a, oh, wow. Like a personal, I don't know. That's weird. I'm related to the Hollywood ghost, guys. Oh, just wait till I find some more. I mean, I'm not lying. Dillinger was cool. I'd do him. <laughs> All right. Here we and go. And see what I kind of liked about the guys like that back in that era. Like him, Machine Gun Chick. Uh, Machine, Machine Gun, gun Chick. Ke- <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly and some other lone guys. That's what I liked about them more because they weren't really part of an organization. They just had their little clique with four or five guys, and that was it. Yeah, that was the guys you stuck with. Yeah. (laughs) All right. John Herbert Dillinger, born June 22nd, 1903 in Indianapolis, Indiana. I know I told you this all last week, but uh, just briefly – He didn't live the most luxurious and heartwarming childhood. As I said before, his mother passed away. The age before he turned four, dying of a stroke, and his father was left to take care of him and his sister. He was the younger of the two children, and it took no time before John was in trouble with his mother gone and his father having a strict household. So I also found this piece that I didn't mention last time. And again, this is another one of those supposed things, but I guess... Before his, um, remember last week I told you that his first big thing he got in trouble for was 
stealing that car to impress that girl. Oh, yeah. I guess whenever he was younger, he became the lead of a little kid neighborhood gang who stole coal from the Pennsylvania Railroad and sold it to people around his neighborhood. That's funny. Eventually, some of the housewives he sold coal to ratted him out, and Uh, he got a talking to from a local judge. But I'm not, like I said, not entirely... Yeah. Not entirely sure how true that statement is. Makes you go, huh? Then, as discussed, you know, he was arrested <laughs> in 23 for boosting a car in, in Mooresville and then runs off, joins the Navy, eventually goes AWOL, blah, blah, blah. So, flash forward to now he is 20. He's back in Mooresville. He's bouncing around from job to job and woman to woman. Woman to his woman. father has become a member of the local clergy, and the family was getting fairly well known around town. Now, before the infamous love story that Hollywood has romanticized between him and Billy Frechette, aka Blackbird, Dillinger actually did attempt to settle down and live a normal life after meeting 16 year old Beryl Hovius. I hope I said that right. Mm, that's a sexy they name became attached right pretty fast and they married on April 12th, 1974. I mean 24. Sorry. I was fixing to say what? <laughs> Time <laughs> Unemployed and no way to make income in any way that he was used to. They moved into John Dillinger Sr.'s farmhouse in a little bitty room. But within <laughs> weeks of the wedding, Dillinger was arrested for stealing chickens. <laughs> God dang. Yeah. I was hungry. I just wanted some chicken, officer. Well, and you got to think, too. I mean, it's hard for guys like that to, oh, I'm going to yes. go work a regular job making chip money. I'm going to go buy me 16 some chicken hours a day. the right way. So his father did keep him out of trouble on this instance, but it only further exasperated the dwindling relationship between the two of them. So Dillinger and Beryl moved out of their little tiny bedroom in his dad's house and into her parents' home in Martinsville, Indiana. He got a job in an upholstery shop, but despite dis- despite appearances, Dillinger had not changed his ways. He basically... um boy. Yeah, he, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> he, he didn't was. get loved enough. He was a bad boy, and um, eventually whenever he realized he couldn't make money without being a criminal, he was like, I'm I'm, I'm the Hollywood ghost, guys. Her name is Peggy. Oh, I'm God. Right, that's what got me right there. I'm going to have to redo that picture. Yes. Okay. Oh, no, you're good. That's crazy. See, and John Dillinger even had that smirk like, yeah, motherfucker, you. Damn it. Damn it. What'd you do, Ashley? This is your story. (laughs) I am done with mine. I have closed the book and walked away. So now Dillinger is married and he's attempting to be all normal and shit. He uh, meets his first partner in crime in 1924 while he is playing shortstop on the Martinsville baseball team. Wow. Yeah, he he was actually a very interesting fellow. He knew how to do all kinds of shit, not just crime. Yeah, he was good at baseball. That's what he did in prison, too. 
Baseball was actually a huge hobby and love of his. That's where he met Edgar Singleton, who was a heavy drinking man and happened to be a distant relative of Dillinger's stepmom. He also held a very like-mindedness to Dillinger, however you would want to say that, you know. They were the same as far as weren't scared to, you know, get the fingers dirty, their hands dirty. Singleton actually went on to become Dillinger's first partner in crime. I feel really weird doing this by myself. He went and got coffee, guys, and I feel so alone. I'm so alone. Actually, I'm just kidding. There's one, two, three, four dogs in here. (laughs) (coughs) Anyways, so Singleton goes on to become Dillinger's first partner in crime. He informed Dillinger of a local grocer who would carry his daily receipts and all his money on the way from work to the barbershop. Basically, it was an easy target for their first, you know, romantic uh, crime together. The incident didn't go well, though, and Dillinger was armed with a 32 caliber pistol and a large ball wrapped in a handkerchief. He came up behind the grocer and grabbed Dillinger. God bless America. I'm so sorry, guys. I have got the worst set of eyes you've ever seen. He came up behind, Dillinger came up behind the grocer and clubbed him over the head with the bolt. But the grocer turned and grabbed Dillinger and his gun, forcing it to discharge. Now, Dillinger thought that he had shot him, so he just took off running down the street and hopped into Singleton's getaway car. There was no one there, and he was soon caught by the police. So, I don't know what happened to Singleton, but obviously did not uh, did not make it to what he was supposed to be doing. Thus, Dillinger got caught for the first time. Well, really caught. I mean, big, big trouble this time. The local prosecutor convinced Dillinger's father that if his son pleaded guilty, the court would be lenient. <clears throat> he actually did end up talking him into confessing, pleading guilty, and asking for leniency. Um, however, that was the extent of his legal assistant assistance, and Dillinger appeared in court without a lawyer and without his father. The court threw the book at him, 10 to 20 years in prison, even though it was his first conviction and all that, blah, blah, blah. Singleton actually also got caught, and even though he had a prison record, he served less than two years of his four-year sentence, thanks to having a lawyer and money. So, if that, as we discussed before, <coughs> if that doesn't tell you that a <coughs> little bit of money can't, you know, get you out of trouble, I don't know what does. It's okay. People still love us, I think, despite us not completely having, I mean, we get better every episode, yeah, but. getting better. So, um, there was even an Indiana governor who commented on the harsh sentencing that Dillinger received in this case. 
quoting the judge and the prosecutor took him out and assured him if he would tell certain things, they would have let him off with a lighter sentence. They didn't keep their word. They gave Dillinger 10 to 20 years while his partner in crime, Edgar Singleton, got 2 to 14 years and released was, was released at the end of two years. They just did that because he was as popular. Yeah. This well, John wasn't even popular yet. This was this was his first big pop. This is oh, what landed shit. him in prison. Yeah, yeah. That's what you missed. Sorry, sorry. It's I okay. Um, but the governor basically said the justice system made a lifetime criminal out of John Dillinger. Dillinger actually wrote his father years later, and again, I don't know how true this is, but this one I did find on History Channel. It said. Quote, I know I've been a big disappointment to you, but I guess I did too much time for where I went in a carefree boy. I came out bitter towards everything in general. If I had gotten off more leniently when I made my first mistake, this would never have happened, end quote. So there was a little regret in there. So um, he gets sentenced 10 to 20 years. And to add insult to injury, his first prison physical included a diagnosis of gonorrhea. Mmm, lovely. But as I discussed in um, last week's episode, he was a fan of the prostitutes. Yeah, well, that's Which doesn't make any sense to me because he was a good-looking guy. See, that's what I don't And they either. said he had a personality, so, like, why you got to yeah. pay chicks to have sex with you? I know. Well, that's just like Capone. That's what got him. Hookers? Freaking, yeah. Why would he need to pay a woman to have sex with him? Exactly. That's what he died of. He did his prison time in Alcatraz. He got out. Because he had syphilis or something, and he started getting <laughs> dementia, and that motherfucker died. Well, actually, syphilis c- can kill you. It's actually killed a lot of people. That's what I heard. I mean, that's what they said, and it was syphilis. And I'm like, you, dude, you're a big-time gangster. Why you got to go to a Maybe it's house? the idea of it. But I guess that's the thing with the guys with money even Maybe they just do. like whores. They just go spend all the money you know, on a whore house. You know Everybody what I mean? loves a good whore. Oh, my whore. God. I've seen a... Uh, uh, scene from The Sopranos. It was a gif, and uh, you know that. Well, I can't remember which gangster it was, but uh, one of his uh, prostitutes was coming up saying, "Oh, hi, daddy. It's been a good night tonight." She went to kiss his cheek, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't know how many dicks them licks are." Yeah, it's I'm true like, though. Wow, very true. It just made me think about that. So. He's got the gonorrhea. He's pissed off at the world. His his friends are out. He was sent to the Indiana State Reformatory. Yeah, is that the? I guess that's the same thing as a prison in Pendleton. It's basically a prison. Okay, call them that to be fancy. He spent his prison years playing on the baseball team, working the shirt factory as a seamster, and eventually made his way to the machine shop. He frequently completed twice his co- quota in prison in his prison factory, and he was even nice enough to secretly help the slow guys fill their quotas as well. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, they always said he was like a. He was Robin very likable. Like a Robin Hood kind of thief, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this also made it really easy for him to make many friends in the prison population because he was kind. But, you know, also intelligent and was a criminal. It was actually at this state reformatory that he met. Now, excuse me if I don't say these names right, but uh, Harry Pierpont and and Homer Van Meter, the two men that would someday someday be basically part of the 
John Dillinger gang. Um, him with the cops, man. Look, when he got arrested that one time. When oh, he, he smiled like man, a motherfucker. Yes, all the cops wanted to take pictures with him, and they're like, he's a fucking criminal. Well, like, there's a part care. in Public Enemies, and I looked up to make sure it was right. He went into the police station like three times, even said hi to a few of the cops with a smile on his face. They never even realized who it was. Yeah. Public enemy number one. Um, so, yeah, like I said, very humble, very nice guy, which got him pretty far in prison. Instead of acting like a loud mouth, he minded his manners and was actually smart. He picked the brains of several notable criminals, including his soon-to-be accomplices, Harry Pierpont and Homer Van Meter, as well as Charles Mackley and Russell Clark. For the first few years of his sentence, his wife did visit him, but eventually she wasn't doing well with the separation and obtained a, a divorce in 1929, two days before his birthday. He was devastated and later admitted the event had broken his heart, which I'm sure she enjoyed the gonorrhea, but... Oh, yeah, I bet you she's like... He was so heartbroken. He was he was a very loving man. He, he gave me the best gonorrhea <laughs> I ever had. <laughs> She's just crying. Like she's scratching her cooch. I miss him. Not a day goes by. I don't itch about him. Oh, God. Um, so. <laughs> Sorry. Life's, no, you're good. Life's pretty shitty right now. He's down in the dumps. He's sad. His wife divorced him. Um, he was then dealt with a second blow when he was denied parole. He had not exactly been an exemplary prisoner because he did try to escape a few times. But um, other than that, he was all right. You know, he just escaped a couple times. So this added, of course, to his bitterness and angriness. In a letter he wrote to his father. Oh, I already told you guys that. Sorry. He he actually got so depressed, he actually eventually quit the baseball team, one of his few passions. And he asked to be sent to Indiana State Prison in Michigan City. Um, he told them it was because they had a better baseball team, but the truth was his friends Pierpont and Van Meter had been transferred there earlier, and those were his two main guys. So he did actually end up getting transferred over there. Gas pumps. I know. <laughs> but after he got there, he became depressed and withdrawn. He never even joined the baseball team, but just buried his work in the prison shirt factory again and – Spent all his extra time learning the ropes of Robin Banks by all the guys who had been in there for Robin Banks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I did remember them saying about him is that uh, He's the so smart. government, like that guy said, made him a criminal. Yeah. You stick a young kid in there with all these criminal minds, and they're like, well, let me see how they did it, but not do what they did. Absolutely. Um, so he's, remember he wanted to go there for Pierpont and Van Meter, but he actually ended up becoming friends with Walter Dietrich, who had worked with the notorious Herman Lamb. Now, I'd never heard of this guy, but apparently he's a former German army officer who had immigrated to the United States in the late 1800s. He was famous for planning his bank robberies with, uh, he would use the precision of military, uh, tactics. Yeah. So Dietrich had studied the man's method well, and he was obviously a good teacher. So he helped instruct Dillinger 
on how to investigate the layout of a bank, the entries and the exits, the windows, and the location of the nearest police station. That's where he learned that shit from. Unfortunately, Pierpont and Van Meter had longer sentences than John, um, but with the younger, skilled version of themse- version of themselves that they had been training, they didn't they didn't plan on staying in there. No, it was like eh, eh, eh. they actually brought Dillinger in on their scream scream <laughs> on their on their scheme of a prison escape, and they gave him a crash course in the art of robbery. They even gave him a list of stores and banks to hold up and contact information of other reliable criminals. Mm. And look, I mean, I love him. Even his wives are coming in to take pictures with him, man. He was like, I love him. He was like one of the first like big time rock star kind of criminals. I mean, you had Capone, but he was like more of somebody like me. Yeah, and I'm even though. There are lots of part of the movie that is bullshit. If you watch Public Enemies, like Johnny Depp did a fucking amazing job playing him. Yeah. Sorry. So, anyways, you know, he's getting um, yeah. getting with these guys about a prison escape. And basically their idea was you're going to rob as many banks as you can whenever you get out to save up the money to buy the shit that we need to break out of prison. And then we're all going to rob banks together. That's how the Dillinger gang was created. Holy Luckily, they caught a break in the early 1930s because the Great Depression stretched the Indiana state penal system completely thin. Funding cuts were exasperated, and um, the prison population doubled because people had lost everything and were out there stealing and pilfering out of desperation, which is really sad and fucked up, but it was making the prison system just double up in numbers. Especially when times are hard like that, you know. It's like Dusty Rhodes says, times, (laughs) hard times, hard times, hard times. That's when you work 30 years in a meal (laughs) and they slap you on the back and give you a watch and say thanks for your work and a robot replace your job. That's hard times. That was beautiful. (laughs) The American dream, Dusty Rhodes, baby. The number one superstar in the world today. Mm. The son of a plumber. <laughs> Wait till we get to that part. You oh, see God, that yes. Guy? That's so it, fucking that, hilarious. That was real. Worked. He actually was smart about his parole, and he reached out to his sister and asked that her and Dillinger Sr. help him plead his case for an early release. So they circulated a petition that actually got 188 signatures. Mm. And on May 10th, 1933, with the blessing of Governor McNutt. <laughs> McNutt. God damn it. <laughs> I hated saying that. It is literally there, capital M, it? little c, capital N, U, T, T, McNutt. <laughs> I couldn't have been in that court. All rise for Judge McNutt. <laughs> he was uh, 29 years old whenever he finally got paroled. Uh, what? He was 29 years old when he finally oh, got paroled. I you said 21. I was like, what no. are you fucking going You were like, he's, I thought he spent nine years in prison. I, I know. I was like. Time machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he basically seized the moment of the Depression and joined up with a few Pierpont's men, as I discussed, to start yeah. the, tr- the string of robberies so that they could get their buddies out. Um. They robbed the new Carlisle National Bank in Ohio and got $10,000 out of that. 
one in Bluffton, Ohio, that they got two grand from. And see, that's a lot back then, especially that one for ten grand. I mean, yeah, I should have wrote down. They said what it equaled to in that time period, and it was a lot. Yeah. Um. So, over time, it didn't take long. They already had the money in hand for the prison escape. And with the aid of two female accomplices, Pearl Elliott, Mary Kinder, which I could never find anything that brought them up again. So I guess aside from this point, they're irrelevant. Um, they all arranged for several guns to be packed in a box of thread and smuggled into the shirt factory for Pierpont and Ver... How the hell they, Von, Von Mita. Van Mita and McNutt. Yeah, God. Wow, where the fuck... So man, they have... Ohio. Now this is... Listen to this shit. This sucks. The prison break was set for September 27th. Um, September 22nd, just a couple weeks after stealing more than $21,000 from a break in his hometown in Indianapolis, he was arrested by Dayton, Ohio police. But Pierpont and Van Mita still escaped from the Indiana State you Prison. You catch Van Mita. They didn't. They no, still escaped. No. Still escaped. And they went to the gang's hideout, which I guess at the time was in Hamilton, Ohio. Dillinger was incarcerated at the Lima, Ohio jail. Just deliver, just deliver, just deliver down the road to the right <laughs> yeah. of the state. That's where it's gonna be. Okay. Somebody say something about steak. Well, it was only about a hundred miles away from Pierpont's hideout. So return, so to return the favor of Dillinger helping them escape, even though he was locked up. You know, he raised all the money and put it together and stuff. They returned the favor and came back to Lima, Ohio jail on October 12th. They disguised themselves as Indiana State police officers. They told the sheriff that they were there to return Dillinger to an Indiana penitentiary for violating his parole. Um, when the prison guard asked for their credentials, they showed him their guns. Basically, was like, you know. Bam. Yeah, see, here's my ID, Kappa. It's a 45. Now, one of yeah, them, see. with the last name Sarber, he did reach for his gun, and Pierpont panicked and shot him twice. Um, Mrs. Sarber gave them the jail keys, and they sprang Dillinger out and hauled ass. Sarber ended up dying a few hours later. So this made all the members of the gang accessories to murder. Just slowly up in there, Annie. Open that, Annie. Once he was free, they headed to Chicago to put together one of the most organized and deadly bank robbing gangs in the country, and thus the Dillinger gang mm. was born. Um, unfortunately, though, by crossing a state border while fleeing a crime, the Dillinger gang had committed an interstate offense, plus the death of... Oh, he was a sheriff, actually, sorry. Plus the death of the sheriff and the prison break, it drew the attention of FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, J. Edgar Will Hoover. Will you Google him for me guy. and tell me about yeah. him? J. Edgar Hoover? Yeah. You don't know about him? No, I don't he know was who the head of the FBI back then. I did not know that. Yeah, I'll show you I didn't have time to add him in here. He was uh, another little cocksucker, too, that, <laughs> you know. Was, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> he was another little Fuck you, Hoover. cocksucker. Who, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, AJ, was it Hoover? Edgar. Edgar. E-D-G-A-R. Hoover. Yeah, I can't believe you never heard of him. No, I actually did not. giving your family the Hoover. I know. Hell. 
always was wanting to fucking do that earlier. Yeah, that's your little cocksucker right here. See? Jay Eddie of a fucking Hoover. And then after he got, yeah, that's his old ass. Ew. Yeah. He looks like a bag of tan skin, and his yeah, chin looks a, like a ball sack. He's a fucking douchebag. Fuck you, Hoover. No, for real, though. Was he really a piece of shit? He's just a dickhead like all of the fucking yeah. politics guys. I'm he, just talking he, shit because I like to talk shit. After he fucking uh, went after Dillinger and got people like that, then he started focusing his attention back on fucking the mob. That's one good thing about when oh, Dillinger okay. and them guys were running around the country. It took some of the heat off the mob because everybody was trying to catch them. Yeah, I'll get to I'm I'm literally almost there. Like, they got popular as fuck. Yeah. All because of the um, The newspapers would write sensational stories of their exploits. Yes. Gang members were often described as shadowy figures Kinda wearing like dark a, overcoats and their hats pulled uh, down. Remember on a, God damn it, the movie about Billy the Kid? That's how they all wrote about him in the books. And then, uh, Didn't Leonardo DiCaprio play Billy the Kid? No, it was, uh, God damn it, Emilio Estevez. Oh, okay, never mind. I'm thinking of the other one that Leo's a young guy in, and he ends yeah. up dying in a gunfight, but I don't remember the name of that one. I don't remember. It either. was popular. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, that's kind of like the same shit. It's fucking crazy. Billy, yeah, he was, he, up north, they called him the Prince of Pistolones. Pistolones. Well, back then, they had these novelty books, kind of like comics, but they wrote about all the gunslingers from the West, so that's how they all got their name. When they weren't busy robbing banks, the gang was actually pretty quiet and conservative. They lived in an expensive, expensive, expensive <laughs> ocean. No, expenso. Expenso. I live in an expenso. They lived in an expensive Chicago apartment. They dressed like any other respectable businessman, and they weren't really into drawing a lot of attention to themselves. Like I said, they were pretty humble guys. See, that's the they key looked right good, but they weren't flashy. It in the criminal industry, yeah. is not being flashy and flashing. Here's what else around. I thought was really cool. Purpoint had a Pierpoint had a strict rule that planning and committing a crime had to be done with zero alcohol and drugs. They only drank whenever they were off well, the that's job. That's good, and that included planning too. Oh yeah. Um, for the next three months, they went on a crime spree, hit up several bank robberies in Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin. This, these are the ones that started getting them, you know, popular. They often had a theatrical flair. One time, they posed as alarm sales reps to get into the bank's vault and have access to the security system. <laughs> what a bunch of and it worked. Well, back Another then, time, man, you could get away with so much shit. This is my favorite one. Another time, they pretended to be a film crew scouting location for a bank robbery movie. Oh, my God. And it, they actually got got away with it. <laughs> Man, I can't believe how they cut their hair back then. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, that's how the guys back then wore it. He's the only one that I've seen that it looked handsome on him. Yeah. Everybody else, it makes him look gross. Yeah, see, he could do it decently. Oh, he was he's a fine man right look, there. I lost my gun. <laughs> I have gonorrhea. Hey, that's the picture of him whenever he found out he had gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fucked. Now that... What? That looks like Jared when he gets mad. Back to the Robin Hood thing, too. Yeah, it does. I actually found a story about a farmer who had come into the bank to make a deposit while the gang was robbing the place. 
standing at the teller window with his money in front of him. Dillinger straight up asked him, he said, um, is this money yours or is it the bank's? And the farmer answered, "It was it's my money and I'm here to deposit it. And he was like, get out of here, keep it. We only want the bank's money. Yeah. Sorry about that. I oh, you're the volume good. was off. Man. So, as as most working folk, the gang took a break and spent the holidays in Florida. Hmm. Yeah. And see, back then, Florida wasn't that populated. Oh, and I bet it was in beautiful. In the 20s, in the 30s, in the 40s? Yeah. Yeah. I bet it was beautiful. I bet it was a good hideout spot. Oh, I mean, God. it still is pretty, but it, it, there's a lot of people yeah. in Florida. Um. Shortly after New Year's, they decided their break was up, and they decided they were going to head for Arizona. Police were looking all over them, all over, all over them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have loved to be the female cop, which that wouldn't have. Damn it! Never mind. What? There's no. Fe- there was no female cops. Oh yeah. In that time period, I was about to say I, I would have loved to be the female cop that gave him the strip search, but. Yeah, they were yeah, you didn't Crush my fucking that. dreams. Only thing they got to do was be a secretary. We was see. I, I would have loved to live back in the. 50s. I can do that because I was one. But I just don't want to live in the aspect of when it was so racist and just so. I couldn't handle that. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Back then, you know, women. All humans home. are the same to me. Yeah, Man women or didn't. Woman, black or white. Women didn't go to work. They stayed home, took care of the kids. Guys worked. They got, <laughs> got beat up and cheated on. <laughs> exactly. You know, they'd come home. They expect your dinner should have been done. They should have been oh, cleaning all day. And I heard a, there was a there's a woman that I know. I'm not going to say any names. She's an older lady and lived in that time period, you know. And she lives in a shoe. <laughs> she told me about once a week, her husband would literally walk through the living room, not say anything to her, make eye contact as he ran his finger as slow as he possibly could over everything in the living room. And if there was any dust on it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, you don't know how to clean, yeah. bitch? Well, it's just like. It's not that. funny, but it's how it's, it yeah. was. What's well, like that movie, uh, Mississippi Burning, when that sheriff's I've never seen it. One. It's on my list. He's telling him, you need to go home and take care of because his wife. Yeah, he's saying beat the shit out of your wife and tell her to shut up. And he stops and he goes, no, you need to go home and take care of this. Him and three other officers went with him and they sit there and watched while he beat the shit out of Yeah, well, I don't even, I'll have to, you know, look into this, but for the longest time there were plenty of counties that had the law that it was not illegal to beat your wife as long as the stick was no bigger than your thumb. Yeah. That was a legit thing. Yeah. <laughs> I kill a motherfucker. I can. It's the law. All right. So they're taking their break. Now they're done. They're headed for Arizona. You got to think at the time the police are looking everywhere for them. So they decided to keep a low profile. On his way out west, Dillinger collected his new girlfriend, Billy Frechette, and one of his other gang members, Red Hamilton. He and Hamilton (laughs) decided to rob the First National Bank of Gary, Indiana, for some quick cash to fund their trip. Hamilton. Quick. Quick chips. What? I wish y'all could see his face right now. Hmm. So okay, he stopped at the big, big brown beaver. <laughs> yeah. So literally, they're on their way out, and they're like, "Hey, you want to rob this bank for some quick quack?" <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> some quick quash. <laughs> oh, God damn. Uh, oh, frisk me running. Um, it went pretty bad. 
Hamilton was wounded and Dillinger killed a police officer. (sighs) William Patrick O'Malley. The rest of the gang arrived in Tucson, Arizona and were experiencing difficulties of their own. Blah, blah, blah. So. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Quackity quack. Don't look back. (laughs) Man, looking for the reward for him back in the day. Oh, yeah. Dude, $10,000. Just for him. For uh, information, $10,000 if they arrest him. Yeah. Damn. Um, he did get popped for this, and while awaiting trial, he was placed in Crown Point Prison. Now, <laughs> authorities were very proud to say that this facility was deemed inescapable. On March 3rd, 1934, Dillinger proved them wrong by slipping out. Why is that? A- what the hell's going on here? Sorry, we're experiencing paranormal activity <laughs> during this podcast. Okay, yeah. For real, though. That was weird. Okay, how are you doing tonight, everybody? This is this is the prisoner. God damn it! <laughs> what is ah, what wrong the- with me? Quackity quack! This is the prisoner. <laughs> oh, my lanta! Shit! What? The, they're heading back to the house, and I locked the door. Oh God! What here? I'll go and lock it. Okay. Please and thank you. Oh, sorry, Bear. Thank you all for sticking through this podcast. Which means that the dogs are about to fucking bark, and I've still got (laughs) quite a bit to go over. So, anyways, he escaped from prison. This was the super popular story where he did, I've seen pictures of it. He carved a wooden gun, blackened it with shoe polish, and used it to escape. Once he arrived back in Chicago, he quickly put together and carelessly put together a new little band of misfits and psychopaths. He won't. He won't bark, though. Um, this new gang, composed of several misfits, a few psychopaths, including Lester Gills, a.k.a. Babyface Nelson. Can you Google that for me? Cause well, I was trying to go I didn't back. I was going to show you. I had There was three guys, I think, that used to run around with him, but the computer started doing stupid shit. Because I had all three of them. See? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I don't. I'll get it figured out, Ashley. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it's all good. Anyways, um. Oh. Dude, you just licked me. He teamed up with his friends from the reformatory and uh, home of Von Mita. So he <laughs> comes back into play. They located to St. Paul, Minnesota. (laughs) During the month of March, they the new Dillinger King went on crime spree in four states, robbing half a dozen banks. Here's Babyface Nelson, Evan, Evelyn Franchette. That was Billy. Pretty boy Floyd. No, see, he was a cool dude. Uh, Oh, Bonnie and Clyde, Marvin Pur. I don't know about him. Purvis, Purvis, um, he knew Purvis as well. And uh, and the Machine Gun Kelly was on one of these, too. Oh, yeah. I'll have to go back and find that. It, the other cool thing that I found is, is at the time that all this was going on, he was labeled as public enemy number one and had the $10,000 reward placed on his head. Apparently, to avoid 
to God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> the voice. I have we both have dyslexia. Yeah. And it is kicking my fucking ass yes, right it now. It is right now. It's um, never been like this. <laughs> never. Usually I'm the one butchering yeah. everything. To avoid up. detection, he actually underwent plastic surgery. I did not know that. Yeah. Um in the ghetto. And then pretended to be Billy Franchette's ex. His uh his girlfriend at the time. Oh God. On John God, I'm done. No, On I'm John Gotti. That, 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 blah, 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 blah. On June 30th in 1934, he robbed his last bank. He was accompanied by Van Mita, Van Baby Hesky. Face, and one other unidentified individual. Individual. <laughs> I kind of told you to the point. As they entered the bank at the Merchants National Bank in South Bend, Indiana, Baby Face Nelson fired his machine gun to get everyone's attention inside the bank, which in turn got everyone's attention outside the bank. So, of course... And I think when they caught him, he was shot in a field running from the cops. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, uh. I mean, he got caught separately from John. Yeah. Well, in this one, Van Meter dies. So Dillinger and the others were exiting the bank with the hostages. And because Nelson drawed all the attention, there was a shit ton of police and citizens who were outside ready to fire at them. They did. Most of the bullets hit the hostages, unfortunately. It raged on, and the gang members tried to make it to their getaway car, and, and Van, Van Mita Van was shot Mita. in the head as he was being dragged <coughs> into the car. Well. And the sad thing is, do you know how much they got out of that? Probably a thousand. <laughs> Each Now, there was only three of them. Oh, shit. John, Van Meter, Nelson, and it says unidentified, so I'm not going to count that one. But... They only came out with about $4,800 each, which was still a lot, but for as much as they went through, no. Um, now, back to Hamilton, him and Dillinger became best friends, and, you know, they're hanging out right now, chilling, especially after that bad shit just went down. So, on July 22nd, J- Dillinger suggested that they go to a show. At the theater, just around the corner from their hideout. What he didn't know was that the lady that Hamilton was banging, Anna. Rat. Yes. Yes, she was. Anna (laughs) Kumpananas. Anna Kumpananas. I don't know how to say her name. I'm so sorry. So we're going to go with Anna Sage because that was also her other name. She was a Romanian immigrant facing deportation for running a brothel. So the cops used that to their advantage and um, basically told her, if you help us catch Dillinger, we'll get you out of all the shit that you're going through with immigration. Ah. That's the government for you. So on Sunday, July 22nd at 5 p.m., she told <laughs> FBI agents that she and Dillinger were planning to go to the movies. Have you been hitting them fucking bins? No. <laughs> That shit, I'm telling you, that shit was good. She mentioned that they were either going to the Biograph or the Marlboro Theater. Um, The agents posted outside and following the prearranged signal, which was Purvis, lit a cigar. Um, 
Dillinger and the two women walked down the street. Purvis quickly pulled out his gun and yelled, stick him up, Johnny. We have you surrounded. This was in public enemies. This was true. The only thing that was not true was in public enemies, they shot him right as he came out of the movie theater. But in here it says he actually made it to the alley. And that's whenever they greeted him with gunfire. Four bullets hit his body, three from the rear and one from the front. Two bullets grazed his face. I saw the autopsy picture, actually. That's what I was fixing to look for. Um, Shut up. A third, the fatal shot entered the base of his neck and traveled upward, hitting the second vertebrae, then exiting, exiting below his right eye. His streak of crime was finally over. He literally died on his way out of a movie theater because his buddy's girlfriend ratted on him. Yeah. Rat, rat, rat. He was given a Christian burial on July 25th, 1934, and laid to rest in the family plot at Crown Hill Man. Cemetery in Indianapolis, yeah, Indiana. He's got gunned down the street. Pow, pow, pow. So, thank you for hanging on riding there. that roller sorry coaster. Sorry that one took so long, guys. That was a <laughs> shit show. I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's okay. We don't like people anyway well our but babysitter hey, had here's to leave a spot of the show that's really gonna cheer us up and i think we're really gonna like it gonna end the show with a boom we're gonna end it uh, i ain't gonna do dumb facts today i'll save them for next time but we are gonna get our ash handy and i know people love ash handy that's how God. we got more listeners today because of her boyfriend saying hey ash <laughs> and then she didn't want him to say that and then it led to oh i have a podcast so I'm just going to start embracing my wrestling name. So I'm going to hand the uh, clipboard over <coughs> to Ashley now. It is Deep Thoughts with Ash Handy. And today's thoughts come from Curvy Lips. Hello and welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts with Ash Handy. I'm your co-host. Oh, actually, no, I'm the real host. <laughs> Ash Handy. That's my kind of body. Everything clapping. I never grow tired of jacking off to Brett. Damn, she is thicker than stale bread. I would love to be her daddy. My mama should have joined. This guy is pathetic. <laughs> thank you for another no, edition of. Thank you Deep to Thoughts. Curvy Milfs and all the weirdos who leave comments. Yes. And like I said, we. Thanks uh, for joining us. We don't have a whole lot of time left, so we'll do dumb facts next week. But we got to. I, I would much rather have our deep thoughts before dumb facts. Yeah. To end the show with that. Check but out the Facebook page, Our Country out, People. Facebook, Twitter, please. Instagram. Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, our email. Send us some stuff, send us some stuff guys, and uh, we'll get back to you. And we uh, love everybody that keeps showing us love and coming on the show. But this is Steven and Ash Handy saying goodbye from Borderline, Texas Trash, and Minerwells Tejas. Yeep. Good night. Good night.